0: Hey everyone, I'm Christina Burnett, your host for the It's Natural podcast. And just like that, we are back. Season two is here of the It's Natural podcast. I'm your host, Christina, and I'm so glad to be here. The season is a really good one. I'm so excited about the guests that are coming on. And of course, there will be a few solo casts sprinkled through the season as well. And today, I'm really happy to be with you and to be bringing you this conversation between our guest, Lindsay. Lindsay is the perfect person to be kicking off this season with. Because even after the conversation we had, I have continually felt so inspired thinking about this conversation. She is just such a powerhouse in what she is doing with her brand, which we'll get into in a sec, but she is truly a powerhouse. And, And I really appreciate this conversation because she really opened up and shared in such a vulnerable way that you can see with her journey that she went through, how she has done a lot of work and both personally, and also in the aspect of growing a business herself and what that entails, you really can tell she has done the work on herself and how she shows up. It really shows. And it was beautiful to talk to her. And like I said, I was so inspired. And in this episode, Lindsay and I talk about her personal story and how this inspired her brand, Mama Taro Apotheca, and its mission to truly change up the fem Care aisle, which is currently filled with many legacy brands, which we've seen and they've been there for decades and we all know they don't really work that well. But we go into these legacy brands and how they haven't adapted or changed their formulas and or updated their data in decades to the detriment of their customers. We talk about Lindsay's own issues with chronic yeast infections and BV and how the solutions she was presented with over and over again with by her doctors created even more medical issues for her. And again, wellness isn't when we have a medical issue, wellness isn't just in one lane. It can leak out into different areas of our life. And she talks about how her medical issues were both leaking out in symptoms of physically, emotionally, and mentally. We talk about how the overall medical field has really overlooked women and how this has affected many facets of the general healthcare industry for women, because doctors aren't provided with the data or knowledge that they need for the proper care in order to treat their patients. And in this conversation, as per usual, we talk about many various topics, from Lindsay's story, to her jump to running a business, to how she helps herself Thrive and feel her best while still taking on a demanding and expanding business. And I know after this episode, you will feel as inspired as I did walking away from it. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. Um, Well, hi,
1: Christina. I'm Lindsay. Um, I run, and I'm the founder of Momotaro Apotheca. We are a certified organic volovaginal health company. Um, so essentially we make organic, organic alternatives to what people think of as the care aisle. We don't use any gendered language. It's a big part of our platform in terms of just trying to like level the playing field and talk about our bodies in like respectful and anatomically correct ways. Um, which I think allows us to have a little bit more empathy and understanding around what, um you know the issues we deal with how common they are and 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 hopefully ultimately destigmatize them so we address bacterial vaginosis yeast infections UTIs postpartum care general irritation from sex um clothing exercise and and this business and really as a company now is is about again normalizing this and started because i had my own issues i had recurrent infections and um it was a huge quality of life issue. Beyond feeling physical discomfort, um, I really was having you know emotional an, an emotional reaction and, and so much of our sexual disorders are, are psychosomatic and so it just kind of began to perpetuate and um, you know cycle one through the other what felt like for an endless amount of time.
0: And it's funny just, what I was saying a moment ago, and then I was sharing last time I talked to you about my own story. It's funny how just with bladder infections and then two friends since our last conversation all of five days ago, or maybe even less than that, I had two friends talk about um, their struggles with yeast infections. And thankfully I was able to pass your company along, but it's so frustrating too, too that there's no help or it's just a lot of products that are those classic, legacy brands that we know haven't really helped or they just have a lot of additives that we kind of can exacerbate the problem and to have somebody else there who yeah changing up the
1: market yeah we haven't I mean that space in general vaginal care has not seen a ton of innovation in 30 years and so even the fact that you had something on hand that you could be confident confident about in terms of suggesting to your friends is is pretty new right like even when I was going through these issues six, seven years ago, I didn't have something that I could point to. I didn't have friends recommended any recommend anything that worked for them, and and that was a huge issue, right? We're like, why aren't there, um, you know, clean, green, products out there? Because what we have on on the counter, over the counter, and even prescription, um, statistically, doesn't work for everybody. That's not like something we've made up, but but truly, we've created you know, antibiotic resistant strains of infections. We've, you know, included ingredients that can be harmful to our endocrine system, which can, you know, uh, disrupt our hormone balance, which can make us uncomfortable. There's so much science that points to the harmful nature of these products that, you know, we just needed an organic alternative. Sure, they might work for some, but definitely not for everybody. And What's awesome about our brand is we, we've we used a lot of ideologies and methodologies to create these products, whether it's, um, you know, homeopathy or traditional Chinese medicine or Ayurveda. And then of course, like Western clinicals, like what we're making is not woo-woo by any means. There is a ton of evidence that the ingredients in our products work. Is it hard to overcome that to that
0: stigma with just when you're describing your products? Because I, I don't know, there's a
1: differentiation between people when they think of clean products that it's not effective. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, the clean mark, clean marketing is, is can be incredibly problematic, right? Yes. Because like all that greenwashing and, and I mm-hmm. use those words gently, but I think, you know, when you're in the space, people realize like kind of what that means. But um, y- yeah, like it's, it's become a big marketing term and a lot of people don't like it doesn't resonate. I mean, admittedly, I I am definitely fearful of like green marketing and greenwashing and things like that. I'm like, this is like, you know, you go to your grocery store and you're like, wow, this, you know, this brand is putting green all over their packaging. But then you turn around and look at the ingredients label and like, there's a ton of shit in it. And you're just like, oh. I know. And you see that. So whether it's household products,
0: whether it's our personal care products, skincare, makeup, it's so rampant the issue the lack of I guess definitions behind the labeling
1: yeah there's a couple cool apps too that have have tried to kind of help people uh, discern what is in their products what's healthy for them what's not you know I'm not saying that every single product and brand out there has to be entirely plant-based right we are entirely plant-based there's really Mm -hmm. cool things happening in biotech and chemistry is a really powerful tool but like understanding that, understanding the differences in what works for you, I think is, is really important. And honestly, it should be, it should be on, say you're shopping at like, you know, whatever it is, Vons, or I don't know where people buy their groceries, but, um, you know, it should be on the corp, the company to help people, to help educate their customers, you know, and like help them discern between products, between product aisles. And you see that a little bit in the drugstore with these like, like clean beauty aisles, and even like Sephora has like, you know, opened up the like Sephora clean check mark, which is really helpful, um, but still hard because there's often price barrier to entry or, you know, we we don't actually understand the root of why it's different. And I think if we begin to educate um, consumers, they'll understand um, a little bit more how how we can make better choices for our body, for our planet, etc. Be it for the packaging we use or... Products, you know, we're physically putting on ourselves. I know that's hard.
0: And as a fellow, like, consumer, too, it's hard to keep up with all the terms and having to continually educate yourself of new things, new issues, and new understanding. Yeah, even on the consumer end, that's so much. A barrier to entry and the knowledge that you have to have to just do your basic shopping for hair products yeah. is sad. And <laughs> I mean, and who just, has time for that? Who has time? Who has? Yeah, and like you said, and a lot of these products aren't even cheap. So it's not that you're you're a certain price point. You're guaranteed something that's not isn't. Totally. That's so frustrating.
1: <laughs> totally. And like I think too, like and as I think this conversation is is happening a little bit more in the in the wellness space Um that like you know, like wellness is for well people. It's like, okay, you have to like have money and you have to be able to like have access and time to like get these products and make these choices, which is not the majority of our country, right? There's massive yeah. wealth gap. Um, yeah. People don't have time to, again to like discern and make those decisions. Um, and, and and so like, yeah, I, I tend to tell people, I'm like, don't let like perfect, be the enemy of progress. If you can make a choice, like do it when you can, like organic fruits and vegetables are a great place to start. Like, you know, that's pretty simple. There's no labeling requirement on an organic apple versus, um, you know, a regular apple. And, and so those are those, there's small switches you can make. I think that can be really helpful. And, and actually we, we aim to be as simple as like choosing organic versus not right. There's nothing else. There's not an ingredient on our on our ingredient deck that like you wouldn't understand if you you know were looking at them in terms of like oh these are all herbs right these are all plants um not like derivatives of so yeah make the choices when you can and don't don't yeah the baby steps totally totally less overwhelming Mm -hmm.
0: yeah exactly and now from this episode's sponsor now that school's back in session and with busy schedules, many of us are looking for effective ways to support our health and overall wellness. And one way to support our health is by taking vitamins to help support various deficiencies caused by nutritional, environmental, physical, and mental stressors that may be placed upon our bodies. And I know it can be disheartening and confusing when you're looking into vitamins and supplements to find out that many brands use ingredients that contain fillers, GMOs and other toxins that aren't compatible with wanting to support our overall health. And that's why my family and I use Symbiotica's vitamins. When I came across this brand a couple years ago, I truly appreciated how transparent they were with the ingredients they were putting into each vitamin and supplement. Not only did I notice a difference in how I was feeling when I was taking their vitamins, but also loved how easy they were to incorporate into my routine. So I have an on and off relationship with coffee, but one beverage I like to consistently drink is Symbiotica's Shilajit Mineral Resin. Shilajit has been around for centuries, used in Ayurvedic and Eastern medicine. Drinking Sheila G offers 86 trace minerals and antioxidants in it while being a delicious cozy drink. And especially now with school back in session and kids and germs and sickness seem to be a magnet to each other, I love taking the vitamin C and coated silver along with the super greens just to make sure my immune system is getting the extra support it needs. And these are also great products I like to take along with us while we travel make sure that we are staying healthy while traveling. And a few of my other favorite products from Symbiotica that I always have in rotation is their Magnesium Altheanates, their adrenal support formula. And then their golden mind and longevity mushrooms for brain support. Not only are Symbiotica's products effective and convenient, they also taste good, which I know can be a hurdle for some. And Symbiotica was gracious enough to offer its natural listeners a 15% discount site wide using the code Evergreen Living. Again, for 15% off site wide, that's Evergreen Living. E V E R G R E. E-E-N-L-I-V-I-N-G. The key to sticking to any health and wellness routine for me is convenience and effectiveness. And I couldn't think of a more synonymous and aligned woman-led brand than Higher Dose. My love affair with Higher Dose began with their sauna blanket, which I found so effective and yet convenient to have all the benefits of a sauna packed into their high quality sauna blanket. I still find it so convenient to have all the benefits of a sauna without the bulk of a traditional sauna unit still reaping all the benefits in my home, which makes me use it even more often as a busy mom because I can include it easily into my routine. Higher Dose is bringing at-home wellness tools using nature-inspired technologies to release a dose of feel-good chemicals aka dopamine oxytocin serotonin and endorphins that elevate your mood promote a healthy glow support long-term health benefits and lift your spirit even though their sauna mat was my intro into the brand i have since fallen in love with their wide range of products and have also added them to my wellness toolbox their PEMF mat and red light therapy mask are one of my go-tos along with their line of magnesium products magnesium gummies and bath soaks are among my favorites and higher dose was kind enough to offer the it's natural listeners 15% off site-wide with the code evergreen that's 15% off site-wide with the code evergreen e-v-e-r-g-r-e-e-n i know you'll fall in love with how easy and effective higher doses products are and how you will feel afterwards enjoy and just to kind of circle back a little bit, because you we were starting off and talking about how the issue of BV, yeast infections, bladder, and urinary tract infections, how those affect such a wide population. Would mm-hmm. you mind sharing a little bit of your story and experience that you are dealing with? Because it is something that many of us deal with. And yet, like you were kind of your issue was there was no solutions
1: that you were finding. Totally. Well, uh, I will say like little trigger warning to the people listening, (laughs) like kind of a spicy story. And, you know, I, it all plays into kind of how we got here with Momotaro Apotheca, right? So I had a new romantic partner. We had sex in a hot spring, which like sounds (laughs) hot, but it's not. (laughs) Highly recommend that. And, you know, to be quite frank, I probably knew better, but I was like already embarrassed that I'm like, oh, I can't like, I don't want to like be not cool and like, you know, be like, um, this is gross and this is going to fuck up my vagina. Right. Like, and yeah. there's a whole complicated thing, even just with that, that I didn't even feel comfortable talking to my partner about my vulvovaginal vaginal health, which is something, you know, we both have an intimate relationship with, right? Like when you're mm-hmm. having sex or whatever it may be. And so, you know, that was a problem to start but then of course I did get sick I got like the worst raging yeast infection of my life and actually it was like my first one and I went straight to the -the over-the-counter options right I took a monostat maybe it was like a three or seven day ovule and it burned like hell I mean it was really uncomfortable it like maybe got rid of some of my symptoms but not really like it 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 was more painful than it was helpful then of course i'd go to the ob-gyne and end up with fluconazole or or sorry diflucan and you know just tried a whole a whole bunch of different stuff that didn't work and then of course those turned my yeast infection into bv bv turned into i got a kidney infection actually like out the gate from the bv metro gel that they gave you and it just they again it began to cycle over and over again. And so this was, you know, upwards of six months where I was having physiological symptoms, like, you know, with all of those infections. And then of course I have having emotional turmoil. Why, why am I so disgusting? My body doesn't work. My vagina is like always in pain. Like you know, it begins to affect my romantic relationship because I don't ever want to obviously have sex because it's painful. And then my partner thinks I don't want him and he doesn't understand what's going on either because I don't have the words for it at that time either. I don't know why this is happening. And so that all played into being like, you know, looking for alternative methods, right? Seeing, I've seen everyone from naturopaths to acupuncturists, et cetera. And then ultimately turning myself into this like, Vaginal health DIY project. Like, if you can Google it, I have done it, which is like another highly do not recommend thing. Like, you shouldn't be shoving raw garlic up your vaginal canal, (laughs) shouldn't be like trying to soak a tampon in yogurt. Like, it's 2023, like, there should be better solutions. And at the very, very least, like an organic one, a plant one, something that's different than what's out there, right? And so I began to have a little bit of success here and there with various ingredients, obviously studying, um, you know, what else was working, what else were people doing. And yeah, we wanted to then kind of create this super product, like this thing that addressed all of these issues instead of me having to, you know, buy multiple, um, we wanted something that was soothing, that was anti-inflammatory, that was antimicrobial, that was like beautiful, right? I hated going into the care aisle and having to buy these products that were like you know telling me my vagina should smell like a summer breeze or like yeah. you know a coconut a spring I, meadow <laughs> yeah i'm like what the fuck yeah you know and and that just again it perpetu- perpetuates stigma right those mm-hmm. those pieces play into why i couldn't even have the conversation with my partner at the beginning of the story right because i was like my vagina is supposed to be a perfect place. And you know, that those systems, yeah, I think are really toxic in terms of like how we educate, um, young women and girls and people with vaginas that like, you know, what, what they should expect out of their body. So, you know, now, now we're here six, seven years later with eight different products addressing, um, all of these issues in an organic way. And of course, creating a ton of sex education alongside. So was this your wheelhouse starting
0: off? Like you were saying, you know, finding different things that worked and then also the education piece. Did you come from that field or was that your?
1: No. So gosh, if you would have told me, you know, 10 years ago, guess what? You're going to make your whole life living in a a, a, a vaginal health space. But, um, I've always really liked, um, been drawn to like plant medicine and the natural world but I was a full-time uh, freelance photographer in the like beauty and cosmetics space um, so I was really familiar and also frustrated even professionally at that point because I was creating imagery that didn't resonate with myself right like mm-hmm white thin Eurocentric versions of beauty that were selling a product to me that like, I didn't need, but was made to feel like I needed. Cause then I would be beautiful or then I would yeah. be, skinny, and then I would look like this model and like, that's not reality. So I was already having this malignment with what I was doing, which also has played into, you know, how we market and the images we create. Um, but luckily enough, my, my business partner and romantic partner at the time, um, His background was in biosciences and sustainability. So he was able to, you know, help us. I brought like ingredients, basically. I was like, this works for me. I love this. I love the idea of this. How do we put this together? Um, And so he, you know, he started to help me cook and we cook this stuff in his kitchen um, when we first started trying to make this like perfect formula.
0: So how did you get from that starting point of going into chemistry basically together, creating your own chemistry and in the kitchen on the stove. How did you go from getting the courage to talk to him? Because I know that's a big hindrance. If you're feeling that mental components being affected by what you're experiencing, the symptoms you're experiencing physically, how did you overcome that and finally jump that hurdle? Because I know a lot feel that shame and it's, yeah. and it's already hard internally when you have those voices and then to share that with a new partner. Totally.
1: Well, I, I do feel lucky that, you know, he was pretty, he was pretty open once I was able to get over my own ego, you know, mm-hmm. he could like, you know, I was basically living with him in Portland at the time. Um, I spend most of my year in New York, otherwise for work, but, um, and, and it became more conversational. Like I'm going through this thing. He could, you know, like, he could sense on me, right? Like, like, are you okay? I can tell you're in pain. Like we're having to do this thing. He's also very into natural medicine and Mm -hmm. and, and was really kind of comfortable working, you know, with different like naturopaths and things like that. So we, we were able to kind of approach it together, um, which was cool. And I think that speaks to, um, you know, the quality of a partnership. And if you're, if you're a person who goes through these things, you should be able to to talk to your partner about it. Right. I hear all the time, like, oh my gosh, my husband won't even buy me tampons. And I'm like, your husband is a ding dong. Like that's silly and not to shame. Right. And like, I, tra- we try and really have like open conversations with people like, Hey, you know, like I, I actually bet you he would, if you were to like look to him very sincerely with love and be like, I really need you to help me right now. And this is something that affects us both. Like, I, I think most people's partners would do it right. Like, or at least then you, like open the conversation. Why is this important? And, you know, see if your partner is receptive. And, and, and so those things are really important to me now and and played a lot into us finding and making a solution. Um, And yeah, we're, we were in Portland, which put like, you know, is a big part of how we kind of got to where we are now is that there's a massive naturopathic society there. So we were able to bring these original like formulations to various um again naturopaths gynecologists um pelvic floor therapists all sorts of medical professionals who were able to like look at this as an idea and look at look at our ingredient deck and then we eventually um found a lab that would work with us um to create you know efficaciously what we were aiming to do you know so tweaking our formula you know here and there in terms of bio bioavailability in the plants that we were using, how those worked on our mucous membranes, et cetera. So um, it was a very iterative process. We probably worked on, um, we launched with three formulas um, and we probably worked on them for you know, over two years before we, we really formally launched. What was your go moment?
0: What 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 was like the big moment that like switched it from like we have something here, and it sounds like you have like the perfect storm with just the community that was supporting you and probably also providing
1: information
0: and their
1: feedback. Yeah, totally. So it was it was really a big like networking piece, right? So we were doing this thing, and we had really awesome community that was like receptive, and and once you begin to talk about these things, people begin to share, right? So people don't share these things and talk about them often. So when you do, and you, you have like, you know, a great group of people in a great community, someone's like, oh, you have BV? Oh my gosh, I have endometriosis. Oh my gosh, you have endometriosis? Well, I have internal vaginal eczema, like all sorts of things like that began to kind of snowball and we'd have conversations and, and um, early days, we really wanted to share those conversations, like having an educational platform and a blog was always super important to us because, again, I was landing on these pages on the internet when I was going through my own research. And I was like, is this true? What is this person? Am I just believing this random stranger on the internet? And so we, we wanted to start sharing this story soon. So we're like, tell, tell me what happened. You know, we started a blog. Um, and we really used those folks who wanted to share their story because they wanted community as well as a jumping off point and like seeing how quickly that resonated with people as well as like um, the early efficacy around the product just because was kind of, the, again, part of that perfect storm, that boom moment that like this is a thing, you know, we're looking at this massive gap in the market. We're looking at this massive gap in community and like we can we can create both of those.
0: You made such good points. One point I've noticed for myself doing like research on other articles and, um, just trying to keep up on other subjects and not to make it political, but it is, I guess, political, just what's Mm -hmm. going on with education and how Mm -hmm. sex ed is on the chopping block in a lot of States. Mm
1: -hmm. And I
0: didn't realize the gamut it runs Mm -hmm. in education between places. And then on top of that, women who, and actually a lot of them were nurses, doctors who worked in clinics and different, um, OB, OB rooms, but then also in the ERs and they were just sharing their experiences that they had with clients and just showing how the lack of education, how to even the very, 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 very basic of how to have children. And they were bringing up and, you know, people are in the comments are like, oh, they shouldn't have kids if they don't know how to make them, you know, but they made set, these women made such good points. If you're not educated about just the anatomy of your body, not even the sexualization, which is important, but just the anatomy of ourselves, just if that component is removed, how damaging that is. And so if you're having not even understanding your anatomy and then having medical issues, that's getting the help from your doctors and medical providers, how frustrating and yeah, I can see it also making you kind of want to hermit and go within. So, it mm-hmm. so I'm just, you know, applauding the people that you had to support you on this journey. I know it's probably not overnight that you found the answers, but how needed it is this education component and that community component to it all.
1: Totally. I mean, what you said is, is exactly right. And we see it in, you know, in every generation Including, you know, I mean, upwards of like, you know, baby boomers now to like Gen Alpha. It's it's the lack of sex education and and you know maybe there's maybe there's a different word we can use for it. I like what you brought up. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be about the sexualization. This is about our anatomy, right? Yeah, just the we actual need- health and function. <laughs> yeah, and like think about it. We are we are we have a relationship with that very very early on. Like, you know, I, I think. know your body's I mean girls are getting their period now like eight and nine years Mm -hmm. old like which is pretty pretty outstanding and so all of a sudden you're bleeding from your vagina do you even know where you're bleeding from do you understand what is happening like I I feel pretty lucky to have parents that were were mostly supportive and um my mom's in early childhood development and education and and you just yeah you need to give people the tools and like if you're gonna tell someone what their shoulder is or their elbow is like you can tell them what a vulva is yeah you know like kids are in so infinitely curious and they have these body parts and we're just it, again it doesn't have to be about the sexualization it's just about understanding it like
0: and i mean <laughs> even little kids when they have even if they can get bladder infections you know from taking baths and the wrong soaps and stuff for them to even be able to describe how important that is and actually a protection that is for them and to know about their body so if something does happen Mm -hmm. to help prevent that and also for them to tell their doctors you know with their parents you know what's going on and
1: what pain they might be experiencing or yeah and those issues when they're not talked about and we've done some education we do a, a we, we are inherently political, if you go anywhere on our site, we do yeah. a ton of political work, so it's fine. We're not shy about it, but we also, you know, we don't want to, you know, ostracize, you know, certain communities, right? We, mm-hmm. want, every- we want everybody to access this conversation or, and have this, yeah, like education available, but yeah, like we do a ton of work in the LGBTQ space and especially with like trans folks, and uh we have one article in particular that really resonates is uh, you know a colleague of ours wrote about um trying to find treatment as a trans man and not having the ability to talk about his body and you know like he's like i uh, i need to use anatomically correct words because i don't think of uh, obviously these are not like lady parts like this is just a part of my body and you know he he went through an experience where he's like i was so you know embarrassed and couldn't talk about it like you know, I had this infection turn into a massive health disorder because I wasn't addressing it, right? Mm -hmm. And that can happen. That's one nuance, but like that could happen to anybody if they're going to the doctor and they're like, well, I don't want to talk about it. Like we all have shame going to the doctor regardless you're like I don't know what to say I get nervous and 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 I mean I even still do it to this day for I forget all of a sudden you freeze up same I have to write notes because
0: yeah yeah, I just freeze up for some reason or
1: totally so you know just creating creating an inclusive environment it's really sad to see the direction of Mm -hmm. of so much of we'll just say like southern bible belt you know states just pulling back pulling back pulling back because like I guess it's out of fear, fear of the unknown, fear of like changing you know the systemic structures that create their identity. Like I don't know, I I just But I think it goes back to
0: even just two issues you just mentioned um just the rhetoric that being trans is new. But then mm-hmm. if you don't have education and history and mm-hmm are outside a little bit of a bigger bubble, just, I guess, a world perspective, you know and should know that, you know, it's nothing new. It's not a trend. And maybe Mm -hmm. our terminology that we're, you know, trying to get used to and um, is a little bit newer, but it's... Yeah. Yeah, it's not a new community.
1: Like queer identities, trans identities throughout history, since the beginning Mm of time, these folks were revered, you know in so many cultures it's I, I tend to point it towards like globalization right and the internet you just have so much access at your fingertips which is why these things made me feel bigger and now like they've always been there you're just scrolling at eight seconds an image over and over again all day long so you're seeing more of everything now more yeah. you know more violence more queer spaces and I and I do think you know, it's evolving because, you know, in some regard, people are like, oh, this is this is normal. This isn't something um, that we have to hide, right? Like 50 mm-hmm. years ago, we were still pathologizing queer identities as like a mental health disorder, disorder, yeah. you know, yeah. which is so wild. That wasn't that long ago. So, you know. No, and
0: it didn't just get taken out. Even when I was in school, in college. So I think it was like only like about five years ago that finally got the definition got taken out. I'm my ears might be a little bit off on that, but it's within the last decade.
1: <laughs> yeah. That these texts still exist and have such, yeah, again, harmful rhetoric. And it's just, yeah, it's it's a wild world sometimes, you know. It is <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's an understatement. Yeah. So do you see though? We were talking about, too, so us being comfortable when we go into our doctor's offices, and you were saying that, I know in Portland, some of the doctors there were working with you. Are you seeing in the education for doctors and OBGYNs, are they having a little bit of a shift, too? Because just the prominence of just even women, like having separate studies, studying them, And how the different facets from maybe their male counterparts and just even how we are prescribed medicine and, you know, getting dosages, right. Oh my gosh. But the lack has the lack of women having their own individualized studies previously. Have you seen a shift in that? Because I know that's being taken more seriously. And so is that opening some doors and knowledge, hopefully some knowledge.
1: Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's like, it's so important. I talk about this across like a lot of different facets of our business that like clinical trials didn't have to have women included until literally like the nineties, which is wild. And, it's like, insane. Yeah. We didn't start studying the vulva and the va- vagina until like, I think the first time was in like the sixties. And so we just like, were making, and all those these-
0: studies were so limited in themselves.
1: Yeah. And, and quite frankly, you know, I appreciate the ask of like, have you seen it getting better? Like not really. There's still, when I'm pointing to studies sometimes, I'm like, yeah, this was published in 2006. And this is the last time yeah. we look at our health in this capacity with this uh, lens on it. And like, that's not enough. Um, well, I just so-
0: know the wider scope, I was
1: also researching
0: and trying to get some data and actual studies on menopause. And I know that's a mm-hmm. wider, broader issue. But just how limited and how they're not teaching it to yes. some doctors. And they're having to refer these younger doctors who are getting out of school, are having to be referred to the older doctors because they were taught a little bit, a snippet about menopause. But yeah, it's just so sad and frustrating. Yeah. Like it really is raging. actually. It's not sad, it's enraging.
1: Yeah. And I, I it's gosh, we, you know, we'll, we talk about menopause quite a bit because we just talk about that that whole reproductive life cycle from yeah. puberty menopause, everything in between and beyond. Your body doesn't, you know, you, you're not like a useless object after you go through menopause. Like what a wonderful phase of life that you are no longer bleeding. Um, yeah. And like you hopefully can have some relief there though, obviously it comes with potentially some other um, symptoms. Like just culturally, yeah, we can celebrate menopause in such a different way than we have before. And then of course, scientifically, there are things you can do and understand about your body. So you're prepared. And so it doesn't have to be a, as jarring of a, of an experience necessarily, right? Like understanding what's happening, why it's happening. Okay. So like your hormones are, are changing. That's what your estrogen is lowering. That's why you might have vaginal dryness. That's why you might have more itching and that's super normal. So like, let's just give people the tool they need to address that in a way fundamentally that makes them feel better so they can go on like with their day. And you know, I think in terms of school and educate, like the educational funnel, it definitely depends where you go. I would love to like find the be all end all like med school, like where are they giving the most inclusive, um, well-rounded viewpoint of sexual health alongside, you know, medical, um what other medical training that they that they need. But like, yeah, it becomes so, so specialized. And and this is where maybe I get a little bit like further away from that is that like I I feel so frustrated that, um, you know, our bodies are not treated holistically, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's like you've got a specialist over here for this and a specialist over here for that. And they're not av- often having, you know, conversations, um, which is, is frustrating, right? Like various symptomatic conditions can manifest in other type, other parts of the body. If I, Like we even look back to my own experience. Yeah. Like I was, I was depressed and stressed out because I was having chronic BV but like you can't talk to finding a doctor that like will make those associations is very difficult and having to spell that out as a patient is also partially not my responsibility I'm seeking out a medical professional to help me delineate these issues and they're not doing a particularly good job um So that's where some of the more Eastern practice, like the idea of like chi and traditional Chinese medicine things where you're like, oh, this can happen here. Or like, this can happen here is, is, is cool. I mean, you see it with physiological injuries too. Like I hurt my foot, but my hip hurts, but it's Mm -hmm. because it's all connected.
0: Yeah. And I, I really do appreciate that about many of the Eastern um, medicine, medical practices, just how it's. They take the symptoms and they try to, it's not just located in this one area, but they try to Mm -hmm. see the bigger picture. And we were pointing out too, with a lot of our issues, no matter where it is located in our body, but especially if it's in our reproductive organs, how it does have psychological impacts. It has other physiological impacts. And if you can't talk about it, how much bigger of an issue it can become if you're not having that support and that, again, education.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and especially when so many of those things, like the issues that we may have, so like endometriosis and PCOS is a good one. These are like very significant conditions that can affect people and like say like their, their ability to have children or not, which is like this huge thing obviously put onto women, like, oh, like like you're not gonna have children. What does that mean? Like it's all these like social conversations that happen alongside these issues that specifically pertain to like women and folks with vaginas that we don't like address. And so it's all wrapped up, I feel like, and it's really in, yeah, it's like this very confusing, finding one end of the rope to the other end of the rope to find out what's wrong with you and like finding the help along the way. It's, yeah, it's frustrating. But I do think to, to answer your first question in the beginning, like I do think there are medical practitioners that are doing making moves, right? I do see Mm -hmm. a lot of new younger doctors that are willing to take a look at what we're doing in a different way. Um, whereas, I mean, even five, six years ago, I think there was even a larger barrier to entry, even in, even in the past six years, I, I feel like I've seen progress. And to realize, I think there's also a
0: bias when you sometimes mentioned even to Western doctors that, oh, my acupuncturist, oh, my Chinese traditional Chinese medicine doctor, Ayurveda, when it's brought up, they're kind of dismissed. Mm-hmm. But then you have to, sometimes I've had to bring up the facts that these are sciences in themselves. These have been around for thousands and thousands of years. So not to dismiss it. So with your biases, but everything, you know, we all need different tools in our tool bags. This is maybe one of them that will help. And then your bias about, you know, other practices at the door because they are scientifically backed and they have been for thousands of years. And sometimes they're even the creations of
1: certain sciences Totally, like uh, Oregon grape, like Oregon grape is an ingredient across a, f- a few of different our products,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you know this has long term lineage, as, like associated with herbal medicine, and is also now also now recognized um, within like the FDA and other various governing bodies how effective um, berberine, one of the components of Oregon grape, is um, against Gardnerella and, and issues that we address and. And so like, you're exactly right. There is so much rooting in that. And, but we've fallen, yeah, we've definitely fallen victim to the narratives of that. Like our Western medical machine is like the be all end all. And granted, it has done absolutely incredible things for our bodies and for science and, you know, people's quality of life. Like, and, you know, we still use, like, if you get a UTI, you know, you need the antibiotics like that can turn into a kidney infection and mm-hmm. kill you. So like, yeah. right. I, I really,
0: ha- I had that experience just a couple years ago. I, yeah. yeah. It got so bad. I was in the ER. So.
1: Yeah. And like, what a wonderful thing that, that you had that as an option, but there are absolutely there are other ways. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. We just launched a homeopathic medicine, um, which is, you know, we're allowed to call it a medicine. It has a drug facts panel. Um, the governing bar- body is the homeopathic pharmacopoeia, but like, we have to have these like really silly labels on it. Like. And people are always so confused. And it's like for us to have the drug facts panel that makes the claim that we can solve an issue. And this is a a bit like bureaucratic. We have to have this thing, but then we also have to have a disclaimer with regards to the FDA. That's like the FDA does not recognize traditional Chinese or does not recognize the homeopathic pharmacopoeia as a form of healing. And this is based off of thousands of years of anecdotal evidence, but we're but this is actually not doing anything. And so people are like, well, what the fuck is this product then? And I'm like, having to explain that to them is like nearly impossible. You're like, unless somebody kind of gets it, it's like, okay, it's, I mean, it's totally contradictory, but because, you know, Western medicine and is, and the FDA is governed by those types of approvals. We have to like placate it for us to play the game. It's crazy. So how has that been though, from
0: going from educational components that you're all that information that you're learning, then starting this business, how was the entry point into this market? Because it just sounds so frustrating (laughs) and how to not let that get you down because you do have a solution, but then you have the bureaucracy of it all kind of slowing you down. Has that been a huge hurdle in many of the components of your business growing?
1: To, I mean, totally. It was a, like, just thinking about how we wanted to start this business, I wanted to create a suppository, like a vaginal mm-hmm. suppository that I could put up my vaginal canal that like, you know, that's, that was what I thought I needed at the time, as well as like a topical solution. But because of, just say that product in general, we just launched that product last year, five years after the initial like concept of like, or, or launching because of, again, these Oh, wow. System.
0: I didn't yes, realize yes. that.
1: Man. We launched um, all cosmetic topicals, a salve, mm-hmm. a tonic, and oil, like a hydrosol, water-based which product, are awesome, which yeah, love. love. And I think actually mm-hmm. it's been a really great journey. Um, you know, everything happens for a reason, but having a product made to put inside your body was a massive hurdle that was organic and it, it's required, like we had to find the right facility to help us co-pack, to help us formulate the right pharmacologists, the right Um, you know, people in plant medicine. And so it it just, yeah, it was really hard to put all those puzzle pieces together um, and create a product that was safe, that we could help people understand what it did at the same time, not putting us in a position for um, uh, like legal implications that could potentially be harmful to us, to humans. And so, yeah, how did we do that? It, It it was a lot of language. Right. And be saying like, okay, we are able to soothe symptoms of, as opposed to treat and prevent. And so it, it, that's where a lot of the gray area and kind of some of the hardship is because people didn't understand necessarily what we were doing. Like, they're like, well, you're not putting it in the vagina. I'm like, well, but if you're putting it at the the base of your vagina and parts of your vulva, like that's a mucus membrane. It's incredible orbit and it's still entering into the bloodstream and like mm-hmm. that's complicated again it goes back to our conversation about shopping right like that's a lot of information to have to discern when you're like i just want to solve my yeast infection right now yeah and so
0: and you want to get out of that part of the aisle as soon as possible totally. <laughs> like,
1: hopefully <laughs> you're not
0: running into your
1: neighbor <laughs> exactly exactly and so yeah there's there's been a lot of those kind of those those bumps in the road but i i feel. the last six years, really passionate now. And like, I could talk about this stuff all day long because it's just like, it's, there's so much bullshit. And then there's also like such wonderful aspects about it. And so if we can, if we can just be the conduit for people to find a solution and we've learned how to like dumb it down in some regards. So people do have access to this without having to like, you know, write 500 words about what this product actually does is is part of our job now, and and I love that. I actually really enjoy helping people understand and take the, um, kind of take the initiative themselves and like be like, oh, this is how I do this, and this is what this is doing. So it's, you know, it's a double-edged sword. One of the beautiful things I
0: have observed and just the products that have come out in the sexual wellness space is all the women led brands that are really like yourself that are really shifting the space and that community that I just have noticed the community that you guys have created to amongst yourself, but also within your customers, but it's even more, it's more than that because they're really getting the help that they on a high search for, and that is sought after. And you guys are really creating a safe space and, It's just really beautiful to see. And obviously it was much needed and is much needed, but I just say a hats off to all you women because, and you guys are just also fucking awesome. (laughs) Everyone I've talked to, you guys are just so chill. And I just love the conversations. They're just, I always come away learning something new. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you could have that there, but it's always so informative, (laughs) but yeah, it's really beautiful. The
1: community you guys have created. I appreciate that. I, I always tell people, like, you know, because a lot of the people ask, like, Well, how did you get into this? And I'm like, Nobody in our industry, or at least I feel like a lot of the like kind of like millennial incumbent brands and brands like ours that have been around for five or six plus years when this industry really started to like grow and people were starting to like see movement in it. Mm-hmm. Every personal connection, right? At least for those, like, I think people now are trying to capitalize on the space a little bit. Um, but I do think original, like for a lot of us, I know we're like, we went through it, like, you know, whether you were a founder that was sent into early menopause at 30, or whether you are a person that had chronic infections, like everybody's got this personal piece, which I think has again, created, like you said, a really awesome like network, and everybody's incredibly supportive of each other. And um, at least some of the kind of, I feel like older brands, like which is funny. I'm just calling our brand an older brand, but <laughs> like ourselves, that um, have been around for a little bit because, yeah, I do see new players and we'll talk to them. And I'm like, oh, you just want to be in this space. You actually, you're, it's, which is a new thing. I didn't experience that five years ago.
0: I'm just trying to take that and what that must be like to experience that and <laughs> to be still supportive of that person. But it's to see the, agenda, I guess, behind it. Yeah. Or like, but I mean, it, but it's, it's like, it's commercialism. It's not yeah. At one point it's not shocking, but if you have these deep personal experiences and then to see that popping up around you and
1: yeah, it, well, it's kind of yeah, taking I, me aback I for I a minute. <laughs> totally too. I think it's like sometimes what gets me with those spaces. And again, there are still people that are doing wonderful work that might not have had a raging yeast infection and hats off to them, but Yeah. I sometimes it's the pieces where you're like, you, you miss the empathy, right? In, in some of those brands and some of that work, I'm like, okay, like we are so everybody, and like, I would say like over half to, half of my team is queer, half of um, our team is women, like more than, and, and you just see these deep, deep connections and it creates such a different um, like educational platform, inclusivity, because like everybody's coming from this like place. It's, you know, it's like a little bit of like a wounded bird thing. I'm like, oh, me too, everyone's got that. And, and it's created, I think really created a, an awesome environment and culture. And like you said, even between brands in this space when people are being just so incredibly conscientious. And I, I really think it requires that mentality to kind of do the work and create progress in this space. Is that hand touch, is that sensitivity Um, and the ability and the willingness to talk about our bodies in these new ways that have, you know, are seemingly radical compared to what we once did. Yeah, again, back to that community, you guys have so beautifully and authentically
0: created. So to shift a little bit, and because we are talking about change, I was just curious how you have, what are some like, moments that have stood out to you in this journey? Because not only Has it gone from your medical experiences? But then as a businesswoman, are there any little standout moments that you're like, oh, I've changed or this has evolved in me? Because you have to evolve as a business owner. And especially if you are creating this incredible network for others, whether that's your employees or your community that you've created, are there any standout moments where you're like, yeah, I've grown a little bit or that's changed or shifted in me? Yeah.
1: I mean, there's so many, right? Like, I, I as much as I think like mentally emotionally ideologically I'm Mm -hmm. very prepared to go into something like this like I, I I think I told you the other day like I grew up with a mom who we'd you know go to rallies together environmental like vote she always told me to vote with my dollars and and the like you know the culture of that that has played into Momotaro is very intrinsic but like how how I like am able to do that I think is a lot more efficient I am Um, at the end of the day, also running a business. And those are probably the biggest changes is that like, I have had to make a little bit of separation from myself and my experience um, to be able to run this business effectively. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I had to ego death about even like, again, I didn't want to tell the world about my yeast infection, but like, yeah, this is what now I don't care. But at the time I was really shy and nervous. And so my ability to like communicate and be confident about what we're doing and who we are really has changed because at first we were still even a little shy um like my ability to like hopefully like lead has gotten better I guess you'd have to ask my team but I think um, just the success we've seen in the last couple of years um, I think has shown that like the business is, is running more efficiently and it took a lot of like, banging my head against a wall uh, to kind of get there and here. And I will continue to do that, right? Like growing pains are real. Um, Very real. (laughs) It's it's really just been the biggest like kind of ah ahas or are the feedback from customers and how much these products have changed their lives are like, you know, our retention rate with our, you know, team, you know, my first employee is still here, which I'm, you know, incredibly proud of um, because we're just like all listening learning, growing together. It's less about me and more about the like ecosystem. And, and so learning and reflecting on their experiences, my own, their needs affect my own, all of that. It's like, it's like a little family, which is cool. Um, but what has
0: been one of your tools to help you with this growth? Because I know that doesn't come overnight. Sometimes it is by practice and patience and just patience with yourself,
1: But has there been a tool that, or a resource that you have gone to? I mean, I read a lot. Um, Myself and my business partner both continue to read um, various types of entrepreneurial books. Um, And, you know, you can take some of those with a grain of salt, but like, I think, you know, obviously like entrepreneurship, and I actually like hate that word, um, is kind of like a lonely road. You're like, what do I do? How do I do this? Is this right? Um, And so- continuing to read about others experiences and especially people who run their businesses with empathy um, and how they've dealt with other struggles has been really helpful. I like, I really liked Bob Iger, um, the CEO of Disney's book. I thought that was a really great book. I read, I read a lot of like, um, you know, some like cool Adam Grant books that I I feel like have uh, given me good perspective and some Malcolm Gladwell, like some kind of nerdy stuff. No, Um, I actually love those too. Yeah. 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 And those have always, those have been like, I think, It's, I feel like I'm able to take them and absorb some of that experience. Um,
0: I think they, again, I think what's so helpful with them is that they give you a bigger, I don't know, a bigger view and again, Mm -hmm. a world experience because, and that just helps you remember how small sometimes these problems are, even though, you know, when you're an an entrepreneur, you, and again, that redundant word. (laughs) Yeah,
1: but still. uh, Yeah
0: but how lonely it can be. And a lot of people mm-hmm. don't talk about that or you're so, you have no one else to turn to when you have a question besides Google sometimes and mm-hmm. that battle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think the, the, the reading has been helpful and then finding, um finding advisors from all across the board, right? Like not just like, and I think it was the CEO of maybe like soul cycle or something she i read something of hers that was like i have an advisor in every decade she's like i talk to someone who is just in high school someone in their 20s 30s 40s 50s 60s 70s like i keep opinions the other opinions of folks and various you know generational experiences very close to me and i think that's um that was like really good advice and so i try to find and talk to with like the utmost respect and uh you know, appreciation of all of those people who weigh in on what we do and how we do it. Um, it's really like this business truly has been built out of community. Um, and it feels really important that we stay true to that. And we continue to respond to people's uh, questions, concerns, changing mentalities, ideologies, you know, et cetera, at least, at least learning them, you know, and figuring out where we fit amongst that.
0: I think. I haven't heard that points, but that is such about the different generations or different decades. That's such a good perspective, especially with the business and to get those different points and just whether that's how user-friendly your product is or what they're going through. And especially with, yeah, in the sexual wellness space, that's for everyone. That's everyone's where they are in their life. They're all going through different
1: things and that need that support. Totally. Yeah. I mean, like you think about it truly for us, like, yeah, I'm like, we're beginning to talk to kids that are going through puberty, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit older. We don't talk to kids much younger than, you know, 17, 18. And that's because sometimes we do a lot of like spicy work. Um, but then of course we're addressing menopause like, and I'm right smack dab in the middle of that. So yeah, having the right, you know, being able to talk and touch in those communities. Is, has been really important for us.
0: Yeah. And especially as a business too, I think that's a great way to not to be tone deaf and to yeah. know yeah, sometimes if you're just reading certain things or only looking at certain things, whether that's coming towards your business and certain advice, it's just very linear, small, yeah.
1: <laughs> very one track and, and it, small. So. Yeah, we're beyond that, right? Like yeah, I was having a conversation last week that it's like gone are the days where like brands should be, or I mean, and granted they still can, but like this like really shiny, this is what it is like no transparency, like that's not interesting to me anymore. Like, you know, I want to know the truth of the people, of the culture, of what they're making, how they're making it. Like, that's what, that's what is interesting to me now. Like the facade of luxury is like, and like these like untouchable brands and ideas is like not fun to me. Whereas like at one point I would have like you know, I was definitely spending the money on the designer this or the, that, but like Mm -hmm. now it's really about like finding those real connections and like, who am I supporting and what am I supporting? Like, you know, the things, go ahead. Oh, that's just so
0: important too to have your own voice when you're getting different advice too to yeah. pick and choose and to know what's not working for you yeah. again, because some of this advice is so outdated and how you were even mentioning some of the business books, just picking and choosing that's so important to know what doesn't align with you. What is just yeah stale and outdated and needs to go. Cool. And then. Pick that one good tip.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like, you're going to make mistakes too. Like Absolutely. I've, def- I've definitely done things that like were six months past when they would have been good for us because like the size of my business, I didn't have the money for it then, but you get like fix- get fixated on these things. And like, those are really interesting learning lessons for me being like, oh, okay, I'm doing this like thing, but I should have done it six months ago. Like you just kind of have to let those pieces die. You have to constantly be like updating and innovating. Um to to yeah have those relevant conversations with people and yeah it's a it's a it's a fun journey it's definitely an interesting one a lot of problem solving do you have any resources
0: for yourself when you have those inevitable bad days is there any rituals you have or just a bar of chocolate in the back that you have
1: (laughs) there is definitely a bar of chocolate in my fridge dark chocolate pretty much at all times um I I try to start my day with um, some sort of form of movement. I would love for it to be yoga every single day. I do a ton of yoga. It has been one of the most helpful tools in my life since I was a child. I started doing yoga at about 15. Um, I'm 34 now, so it's always been a coping um mechanism for me. Um, But I do try and start my day with like a walk, even if it's just 10 minutes around the block, I think is really important. Um, As well as like I'm making a cup of tea and some form of like skincare. Usually it's just like washing my face with water, like splashing like water on my face and moisturizing and like stretching and like really simple. Again, not super, super precious. Just like finding those few moments for yourself um, has always felt really, really important. And when I do find myself being overwhelmed, um, something that's new for me post-pandemic, as opposed to like bulldozing through it, taking the space, taking the ten minutes off, and being like, "Look, forcing myself to problem solve through this while I'm feeling like massive cortisol production and I'm stressed out and I'm being reactionary is not going to get me through in the most effective way. Like, take take a minute, step back, you know." The power of like deep breathing very very effective um so those are kind of my big ones
0: i'm just nodding my head with you i'm like yes 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 <laughs> it's funny i was introduced to yoga young too i think in like a pe class too and it just has stuck with me yeah uh, through ever since then and a yeah. big resource and that is important to what you were saying to not to bulldoze through your emotions because it's so it's so easy to do and it's so like I don't know that is my mechanics to just keep going to press through but then you don't learn from the situation you are usually going on the next task you know you're just going through the next task all flabbergasted and not ready and not showing up as your best self so to take that moment I'm yes need to do that more often (laughs) That's deep breaths (laughs) And
1: where do you see the future of Momotaro going? Yeah, yeah. The goal is to be really expansive across, um, again, hate this word, but like the FemCare aisle, right? Change Mm -hmm. that to vaginal care, but we really want and intend to replace um, every inch of the FemCare aisle with an organic option. So, you know, right now that we're working specifically actually on products um, that will address symptoms of menopause, vaginal dryness, things like that. And, um, you know, various other we we want to touch the medical space um and like that western space and really break that apart so finding and creating more organic solutions for again yeast infections BV, etc as well as some beautiful products right like we we create a certain amount of like you know we have a really gorgeous body oil that i love or hydrosol and these are a little bit more lifestyle products so figuring out how to create lifestyle products that are gorgeous that feel really normal as well um within this space but those Those are they're fun. awesome too. Just get in. I
0: love how nourishing
1: they are. Yeah. Yeah. They, they like feel good to use mm-hmm. and they're super multi-use. And so, yeah, it's definitely there will be a big product push there. Um, and I hope to show up, um, in like IRL spaces more, right? Like we'll, we'll like, I think as much as this brand shows up with a, like a, you know, decent sized digital footprint, like Creating more access, so potentially that's big box partnerships for us, um, things like that, where people can be like, okay, I'm at the drugstore and I can get the organic option. I think that's a big, a big one for us in terms of um, giving people options and changing the way they think about it. Because again, you go to, you go to the drugstore, you go to Walgreens, like right then when you get yeast infection, and there really isn't a better solution. So, finding ways for us to be that solution for people.
0: Yeah. You really need to be, <laughs> you really need to be there. There's nothing in that space right now yeah. at the moment I can think of, or even recommend. Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple of friends were dealing with similar issues and thankfully I had just chatted with you and was able to pass <laughs> it along. And that was, yeah. they were raving and they found it so helpful, but it's so hard when you go to the store and take your time yeah. out of your work day or whatever you're doing to find that. And are you seeing a little bit of in that space though, the Femcare, care such a, it's a weird word too. I, I feel like it's so robotic, but with the Femcare aisle, are you finding that they are trying to change a little bit, or is
1: there still a pushback from like the legacy brands or? You know, I think the legacy brands aren't even pushing back because they don't have to, they are the only solution. They just like, don't even care, but to sit there. With buyers and stuff, yeah, I think people are interested. They're seeing how things are changing on the set shelves and what consumers want. Um, and so, yeah, like all all studies and science point to like this should absolutely be an option.
0: I know we're coming to a conclusion with our conversation, and I thought it'd be fun to do a couple rapid fire questions, um, kind of what we went over already. But do you have some favorites free um, self-care practices that
1: you go to that are your in your wheelhouse? Yeah, totally. Um, my favorite free self-care practices, again, top list, walking, so good for everything mentally and physical. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually am big on nourishment, food. I drive a ton of joy from food and cooking. And if you, there's a practice like that, that's meditative, that's away from a screen, stirring a pot, chopping a block of cheese. I don't know what it is, but I find food rituals to be very uh, meditative and, and, you know, we've, as a society have a pretty, I think, shitty relationship with food and what's healthy. And I think if you can create positivity around those pieces. Um, putting nourish- nourishment in your body um, is really, really important. Um, I love the farmer's market. Those places are very stimulating for me. Um, yoga, of course. And then um, I take a very, very hot shower every night it is like, I know it's not great for your skin, but I, it's a classic. Her. It's a classic. It's a classic. <laughs> I'm like, I mean like steam bath shower. Um, like I love a sauna cold punch situation. All of that is are, are big for me.
0: Love all those. I was just saying, I was like, man, we could really go on and f- bring in <laughs> sexual wellness and then talk about our relationship to food, man. Will really just, <laughs> Oh my God. I know. <laughs> and then my next question is what are some, of your Holy grail products, something that you could be skincare, could be anything. Lifestyle. What is something that you just have bought in bottles of, or just, yeah. just always a staple?
1: My big, my big staple in the Momotaro Apotheca line is going to be the salve. This product mm-hmm. should be in everybody's medicine cabinet, whether it's it doesn't matter what gender you are or what you do, like it is. I, I have people tell me stories like the craziest shit about what they use the sap for. They're like, whether it's bug bites or sunburn or someone had like, or hemorrhoids, A you know, like all sorts of stuff. It's like the, the go-to, the be all end all um, products that are not um, our own that I love. I'm a big, big Paula's choice girl. Um, they're just like nice, a little bit more effective for, for like, or cost effective. Um, this is an odd one. And, it, but like, I burn through a shit load of candles. I'm really sensitive to light. And I, at the end of the night, like it's another way I totally wind down. Um, I live in kind of an industrial area. So it is like, um, you know, cause, cause it's kind of weird to say, but like, kind of smelly sometimes it's like <laughs> shit everywhere, which isn't good for you, good for your skin. And SPF. I wear an Ulta MD SPF every single day. I grew up in the sun um, and this has made sun exposure a little bit more acceptable for me. So SPF for everybody out there and water, water is the be all end all. Yeah. I always uh, make the joke too, because uh, I'm a, also
0: a fellow candle lover that I don't collect cats. I collect candles.
1: I'm a candle lady. <laughs> yeah. Candles and plants. I see you got a nice big Monstera back there. Yeah. Plants clean the quality of your air. And I just think they're mm-hmm. so right. Um, so big, big plant girl. Yeah. It's
0: funny. I've started to notice when people don't have plants and like just different Spo for design and decoration. I'm like, Oh, there's no plants there. Does it doesn't make it. There's
1: no cohesiveness then. Yeah. It's like green and living and important. Like it feels very, an environment without plants feels very sterile. And since I do live in an industrial neighborhood, it's really important for me.
0: And then our last question, I want to keep this rapid and <laughs> I'm drawing that out in my own fault. but what is the last book or resource that you listened to or read that helped inspire you and that you really
1: walked away from loving? Um, I read, I think it's called David and Goliath. It's the last Malcolm Gladwell book. I, I, I read, um, it's a yellow cover. I think it's David and Goliath or Moods Goliath or something yeah, like that, I believe it's like so. a religious reference, but mm-hmm. it's not about religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all about kind of like this underdog, like second siblings, things like that. And, and just how this like kind of uncanny approach to bigger issues um, can allow us to win. So I really loved that book in terms of like how I think about our business and how I think about myself. Um, That was a big one. And then in terms of other resources, um, besides that, that's, I have, again, it goes, it's the same answer. I have a really amazing, we just hired a new CFO and she is like, a boss babe. And I just love having people that are smarter than me around me. Um, And that's, I think that's a, maybe that's part of the like advice, right? Like never be the smartest person in the room or in your friend group. Like you should always be learning. Um, And I feel really lucky to have um, a few people in my life that I just like blow me away every time we chat. So absolutely to all
0: that yes that's a great (laughs) book and yes to continue to learn and from the people around us absolutely and to sum up Lindsay, do you want to tell everyone where they
1: can find momotaro apotheca and find you on social and your websites yeah yeah so i mentioned before we are love momotaro i'm sure that will be linked um it's kind of a mouthful Um, on Instagram, but we're very active there. Um, we also are, we're You can shop all of our stuff there, which is great. Um, and again, check that chat bot out. Tell, tell the chat person, all your private information and what you need. And she'll answer. Um, and then I am just Lindsay Wynn on social media as well. Um, i can be found there shoot me a dm uh, again very accessible and I'm really excited to connect with your community christina
0: thank you so much for your time i
1: appreciate it thank you
0: and again i want to send out a huge thank you to lindsay for joining me on this episode and for the inspiration she provided us and such an informative conversation all around And Lindsay and Momotaro Apotheca's information will, of course, be linked down below. And if you enjoyed this episode and found value in it, please take a moment to rate and review as this is the easiest way to help us grow and to hear feedback from you. Again, if there's any guests you would like to suggest or topics that you would like to hear about more, Feel free to leave those in the comments. Until next time, talk to you then.